Hello and welcome to Cowboy Jesus. I'm Steve Poos Benson. I'm the host of this podcast. You know, the purpose of this podcast is, is, as I like to say, the tagline is to ride the rodeo of life and religion. In other words, religion and all kinds of spirituality spirituality can be a challenge, you know, to get our heads around and to kind of feel rocky, definitely a rodeo at times. And also life, my gosh, life of course is a rodeo, trying to stay on board the Bronco. And that's why in this podcast, I want to dedicate myself to exploring these things, the rodeo of life and religion or religion and life. And man, today I have got a rodeo topic for us to talk about. Today I want to continue the conversation that I had last week about the difference between evangelical uh, and progressive Christians. You know, what got me thinking is uh, a few of my ex-evangelical friends, and that's an important concept to understand. You can hear me talking uh, about that quite a bit, ex-evangelical, people who have left the evangelical church and are exploring what else is out there. They've uh, asked me, they know that I'm a progressive, and so they ask me, well, what is the difference between a progressive and an evangelical? And I get it. I mean, for some, it's confusing. Uh, evangelicals for so long have dominated the agenda, and they've claimed uh, what it means to be Christian. So when people think of Christians, they think of evangelicals, not knowing that there is a completely different way to think about Christianity than just being evangelical. And so they're curious about that. They want to know, well, what who is a progressive and what do progressives believe? If, if it's not an evangelical faith, then what is it? So I have some answers that I want to provide for them. You know, it's also important to note uh, that there is an exodus of people away from the evangelical church right now. Um, and that's fascinating to read. I'm, I'm paying attention to all different kinds of blogs, people talking about it. There are thousands of people who are leaving the evangelical church, calling themselves ex-evangelicals. They're forming together as faith communities and churches as they're trying to find a new identity. I think it's because of the stringent stands on social issues and and theological issues uh, that the ex the ev- sorry the evangelical church has taken. You know. Their alignment with one political party, especially over these past four years, you know, they're, uh, that, the evangelicals have said, you know, to be a Christian is to be a, a Republican. And I don't care where you are politically, but they, the evangelical churches have aligned themselves with Donald Trump. And they have a growing commitment to white nationalism that equates being a Christian with the term an American patriot. And uh, I know I'm kind of pushing on things because I know there's a lot of Republicans uh, who disagree with this, but I've got to tell you, that's where the evangelical churches line up. They've defined if you're going to be a Christian, you have to be this type of American, you have to be this type of political party, this type of political party affiliation. And if you're not that, then maybe you're not a Christian, and maybe you don't believe in Jesus, and maybe you need to go someplace else. And so, a lot of evangelicals have lined up, and they said they no longer want to identify with a group that is aligned with white nationalism, and they're looking for something else. And so, as someone who's been a lifelong progressive, I say that I am unapologetically a progressive Christian. Uh, more on that probably a little bit later. I want to invite these ex-evangelicals into our journey and empower them to find the presence of God in Christ 
in a way that is a whole new perspective, a way that I believe is liberating, and it has been hugely liberating for me as a person. But, you know, I know that this can be confusing. Just what does it mean to be a progressive Christian vis-a-vis an evangelical? Well, I want to provide some answers. I want to help clarify the situation so ex-evangelicals have a sense of understanding who and what progressives are and what we believe. You know, I've often wanted to say this podcast is for other folks uh, who are wondering if all Christians are crazy, gay-hating ha- gay people who only believe Christians go to heaven. You know, if you're if you're out there thinking, you know, well, I, I guess I'm not an evangelical, but really kind of who am I and what do I believe? Maybe this podcast can be helpful for you as well as you begin to think about yourself as not just a Christian, but as a disciple of Christ, a believer of God, a child of God, where do you stand? Hopefully, this podcast can help you clarify these things. So let's dive in. Uh, Let me first describe who progressive Christians are. As people, we are black people, we are white people, Asian, Latino, Native American, European. Uh, They're progressives literally around the world. Uh, many of us are ex-evangelicals. I had a brief uh, brush with the with the evangelical church when I was uh, in my teens and college years, uh, but we've all left the evangelical church many years ago. For uh, for me, it was many many years ago, and uh, we found a different way. Um, but we're also denominational people. Uh, we have worked to reform the Presbyterian Church, the United Methodist Church, the UCC Church, Lutherans, Episcopalians. Uh, many of us had to risk stepping outside of Orthodox standards to put forth a belief in God and Christ that looks at faith from a completely different perspective. Some would say that we are based in the uh, philosophical school of postmodernism, which I get, but that's kind of a heavy track to get into. I've studied postmodernism. I love it, but it really kind of muddies the water for this conversation. But if it's interesting to know that we're from postmodernism, all right. We're humble people. We make mistakes. We sin. We do evil things. You know, I guess all of the shortcomings that describe Christians, I mean, even evangelicals, I mean, so are progressives. I mean, we're there as well. Um but for a lot of us, we're also a member what I will call the theological school of hard knocks. We've been labeled heretics. We've been pushed out. We have been excommunicated. We, some of us have been put on trial. We've had people uh, threaten to put us on trial, but yet we're proud of who we are and what we believe because we believe we model the kingdom of God as described by Jesus of the Gospels. Progressives have a story to tell. We have a story to tell about our long journey of faith that has led us to a place in our relationship with God where we find joy and a great deal of hope. You know, I think that is so true for our faith. We have put everything on the line. We have left everything because we have been on the search for joy and hope, and we believe that we have found it. And we have found it, and we are so excited about it that we want to share it with you so you might find the same joy. You know, it's really funny is uh, evangelicals are pretty um, 
evangelical about sharing their faith, and I think progressives are too. You know, we're not going to jam it down your your throat what we believe, but we're also pretty proud of where we've come as people, as people of faith, and we want to offer it as an alternative view for other people who feel constricted by their faith background, their religion. All right. So, in short, that's who we are. Now, what makes us different than evangelicals? How much time do you have? You know, um, I, I thought I was going to get this all done in one podcast, but uh, <laughs> I don't think after I've practiced this podcast and written out my notes and put it all together, I realize this is more than one podcast. You know, I really believe a podcast should be between 20 and 30 minutes, 30 minutes tops. So if I go beyond that 30 minutes, I'm going to break it off and I will continue with another episode or at least episodes because there's a lot here to get after. Okay, so when I was thinking about the difference between evangelicals and progressives, I started Googling around uh, to see what other bloggers had to say. I found a very interesting blog that I feel attempted to answer the question that I would refer you to. The blog is written by... Joe Michael Herbert, and he's a pretty popular uh, blogger. He's got a lot of followers. I was into his archive, and this blog comes from 2018. It's titled, The Widening Gap Between Evangelical and Progressive Christians. Herbert is writing from an evangelical perspective, trying to find his way out. I think he does uh, a good job of describing the situation, and he's he ultimately draws to conclusions that I disagree with. By the end, I, I, I say, as an ex-evangelical riding your way out of the evangelical church, you really have no idea what progressive believes. And I think you mislabel us. Um, but it's a place to start. It's a good place to start. And, and I wanted to use his blog as a starting point for me that begin the conversation. Again, uh, this is Joel Michael Herbert um, and the winding gap between evangelical and progressive Christians. All right. Herbert states that there are four sacred cows of evangelicalism that you just can't disagree with. If you question them or disagree with them, you're out. You're labeled a heretic. You're set outside the community, and your very soul is threatened with hell. Uh, I love these four sacred cows, and when I was reading through them, I said, let's dive into them. In fact, I began to read, as I began to uh, journal this out and think about it, there was more than four sacred cows, but let's just start with these four, and they will lead us further into other conversations. In fact, um, after you read this podcast, if you think there are other sacred cows that I should be dealing with, shoot me an email or a text or respond um, to this podcast on Podbean, and I'll get back to you. All right. The first uh, sacred cow that uh, Herbert talks about is the notion of substitutionary atonement, the idea that Jesus died for our sins, that God sent Jesus into the world for the purpose of dying for our sins. An offering of a blood sacrifice was needed to atone for the sins of humanity. Uh, okay, I mentioned this as the first sacred cow because I've already dealt with it. I have two earlier episodes, one where I just published a couple weeks ago, uh, where I ask and answer the question, did Jesus die for my sins? If you want to know what I believe, 
and what progressives believe about did Jesus die for our sins, a blood sacrifice to atone for our sins. I want you to go into my archive and look on the episode episode list and you'll find two of them and give it a listen and pay attention. I love these two blo- uh, these two podcasts. If they don't raise your heretical ears, <laughs> then you're not listening close enough. This is huge for progressives. And it took me, you know, it really took me about 30 years to come out of the closet on this. I started reading what other progressives were believing. And it gave me the permission to come out with my own feelings. So uh, those two uh, podcasts, I'll never forget at the podcast, I said, all right. Hit the publish. You're now out of the closet. You're out. So uh, that was a huge liberating thing for me to publish that podcast a few years ago. And then I did uh, part two just a couple weeks ago. All right. All right. All right. All right. So let's move on. The second uh, um, sacred cow that Herbert talks about, and it's the most prominent sacred cow, I believe, it is, is a notion of GLBTQI affirming, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer, or inquiring. Um, there is no gray area for evangelicals on this. If you're gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer, or in questioning, or inquiring, or anything else, you are condemned. They believe the Bible says you're an abomination to God. As such, you are an abomination to them. And they'll let you know this. They'll quote the scripture at you. They'll point out the six or seven verses in the Bible that they believe condemn you. And they will condemn you. They believe that uh, human beings were created to be man and wife, male and female, and only them Two of them shall come together in marriage and form any relationship. Anything other than that is an abomination. You know, as a gay person, uh, if you come out of the closet, they'll first be shocked. How can a good Christian like you be gay? There's a a gay uh, member of our congregation who told me um, his story that he was a member of an evangelical church. He sang in the choir. He was really loved and very well respected. They love hearing him sing. And he was so safe in the church that he thought it would be okay to come out to them. And as soon as they come, he came out to them, they were shocked. How could someone like you be gay? And then, you know, after you do that, then they'll try to change you. They say that they'll pray for you. Um, family members, they'll send you to places where they try to change you. The horrendous places. There's movies that have been made about this where... Uh, gay people are tortured to try to make them straight. They study the Bible. They are forced to pray for hours on end, pray that God will make them straight. They go through, it's torture that what they do to make them straight. You know, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll try to keep you in the fold. I hate this by telling you they hate the sin but love the sinner, which for me is theological tribe. I mean, anytime anybody says, well, we hate the sin but love the sinner, that's theological BS. I'm sorry. You know, because who you are is not a sin. And who you are is not a sinner. And so you just need to get off. The, as soon as you hear that, your theological uh, siren should go off in your head because that is just theologically small. It's bankrupt. All right. But if you're gay, you'll be a second place citizen. You won't be allowed to lead anything like the person I talked about earlier, he couldn't sing in the choir. You can't. You won't sing in the band. You won't sing in the choir. 
you won't be able to teach Sunday school, and heaven forbid you won't be able to work with children or youth for fear that who you are might rub off on them in some way, shape, or form. Um, your relationships will not be sanctioned, and you will never, let me be repeat, never be allowed to marry. Marriage is between a man and a woman only. A gay marriage would never, ever be sanctioned. Um, evangelicals are so opposed to same-sex marriage that they not only forbid it for members of their club, but they thought the U.S. had gone to hell in a handbasket when the Supreme Court made it the law of the land. Um, that was a day I, I, never th- I never thought I'd see that day. And when it came, I just rejoiced. And I knew that the evangelical church, they were rolling over their, in their grave. You know, um, parents of uh, LGBTQ kids have shunned their children, forced them into exile. Uh, gay evangelicals have been forced to either reject their identity or reject their God. Um, they've been placed in either-or categories. You either reject yourself or you reject God. You can't have it both ways. Um, evangelicals, this is kind of a strange one for me. Evangelicals have tried to find places for gays to be. Those who try to bend over backwards, they say, okay, you can be gay. We don't like it. Hate the sin, but love the sinner. But you must be celibate. You can be a part of our community, but you have to be celibate. You can't practice what they would call, you can't practice your lifestyle. Where While you as a gay person, this is not a lifestyle, it's who God created you to be, but they try to uh, accommodate that by making you celibate, which <laughs> I just think that is so crazy. The Presbyterian Church, uh, my denomination, did that. It was like, oh my Gosh, thank goodness we finally broke away about that more in a minute. Okay, so as a gay evangelical, which do you choose? I mean, do you choose the God who created you or the person God created you to be? It's a tough tough choice. I mean, this is why many, many GLBTQ people and their friends and families have left the evangelical church. And they begin the process of looking for something different. You know, they've gotten to a place where they've said, if this is what God is about, if this is what Christ was about, then they don't want it any longer. They'd rather leave the fold and risk everything looking for an inclusive God. These are exvangelicals. They've chose to leave, and this is what I call as a hero's journey, because they have left everything they once felt to be sacred— their families, their friends, their community of faith, they've left because they believe the kingdom of God was about something else. You know, uh, their families, when they left, couldn't believe that they were leaving because of the GLBTQ issue. But yet, they left. And if this is, if this is you, if you're an ex-evangelical, where do you go? Where do you go? Are you on your own? Are you searching on your own? Do you just try to find other ex-evangelicals and try to find some type of common ground, you know, for you to kind of be together while you sort this whole thing out? Well, I want to say no. Welcome, my friends, to the progressive Christian community. You know, 
We figured this out. We, we have figured this out. You can be a part of our churches, of our faith community. I want to welcome you to the ministry of Columbine United Church, this little old church on Platte Canyon Road in Littleton, Colorado, a white burb. We have this figured out, but it's not just Columbine. There are progressive churches across the United States, many in the metropolitan Denver area, and not, not a lot, 15 or 20, but, the, but we're here. We're working. We are active um, as progressive churches. You know, uh, it's one of the primary reasons why I'm a progressive, uh, this whole notion of the GLBTQ thing being a sacred cow. You know, it is a sacred cow for me. It's a litmus test. If you can't affirm the place of GLBTQI people, their marriages, and their families as an integral part of the community of faith, if you can't bless their marriages if you can't have them lead your congregations, if you can't ordain them, have them preach, teach, and baptize children, and have their children baptized, then you know what? I hate to say this. I'm sorry. I don't have much time for you. You know, I have fought and fought and fought this battle. I've had hundreds of people leave my congregation over this issue. And not just my church, but literally churches across the globe. Pastors have been kicked out of their congregations. Um, I've been labeled a heretic so many times because of this that I can't see straight. I've had other pastors threaten to, uh, uh, to turn me in as a heretic and to put me on trial. You know, I've just been shunned so many times that I, there's just not a lot of common ground for me. Progressive people are radically inclusive. Unapologetically, let me say this again, radically inclusive of all people. Gay, straight, transgender, bisexual, queer, inquiring. I don't care what label you want to use it. We include you. We are radically inclusive. We believe this. We believe this because we believe this is how God created you. This is who you are. And I'll even go out on a limb because I had this uh, conversation with a colleague of mine, Justin Spurlock. We talked about this. Some of you might even know Justin. He's the senior pastor over at Grace Presbyterian Church in Littleton. We used to work together. And, and we said, you know, that even, even if uh, people did cho choose to live this way, uh, they chose to live as gay people, that as progressives, we would say, this is your choice, and God blesses your choice. Being gay is not abomination in God's eyes. It is a blessing. Can I say that clearly? Say it again. Being a gay, being GLBTQ, is not an abomination in God's eyes. It is a blessing. As such, you are a blessing to us in our churches. You know, the, ver the verses that talk about uh, gay people, or we assume they talk about gay people. And I often thought maybe I need to do a podcast sometime about what is called the clobber passages, the passages in the Bible. And there's six or seven of them that we think they're, they're talking about gay people when actually they're talking about something completely else. But even if they did, it, I believe, progressives believe that they're historically locked. They have nothing to say about our contemporary society. Think about this. In the same way, we've gotten to the place where as Christians we don't condone slavery. 
and we see those passages as being historically locked, uh, so are the ones about gay people. Slavery, we don't condone slavery. We got the the Bible's very clear. The New Testament's very clear. You can have slaves. We say you can't do that in our contemporary society. We say the same about the scripture passage, passages that relate to gay people. We're over that. You know, I was going to say in the same way that we've gotten over the passages where we say that women can speak and lead a church. And then I realized, oh, yeah, the vast number of evangelicals don't believe women can speak or lead men in church, others, the stories. I just can't believe that evangelicals still are at a place where women can't lead churches. Blows my mind. But that's another congregate, another conversation uh, for another Cowboy Jesus. Or maybe I'll put it in here um, in, this, in this whole series of episodes because that's a sacred cow for me as well. But let me, you know, the deeper I get into this, the more I realize the major major differences there are between the evangelicals and progressives. Okay, uh, progressives believe GLBTQ people can be ordained as clergy. They can lead congregation sessions and leadership groups. Leadership group in my church, our president-elect is a lesbian, as well as another member of our governing board. As progressives, we ultimately uh, this is kind of this is a key one. Let me go on my notes on this one because I want you to understand this. I want to say this right. As progressives, we ultimately aren't even aware of your sexual identity. You don't come into our church and you don't wear a sandwich board that says, I'm gay, love me anyway. No, and this is key, you're just like everybody else. You and your spouse and your partner and your family are welcomed into the congregation, into the kingdom of God, just the way you are. You are included, not because you're gay do we include you. We are included because you are a child of God, radically inclusive. We radically include all people. You know, as progressives, we also get political about this. Uh, We stand opposed to evangelicals who also get political about their perspectives. You know, I've stood up to... uh, Evangelicals who are fighting for laws that uh, oppress uh, GLBTQ people. You know, uh, I fought, we fight for laws that advocate for equality in the work and home, communities, housing, and personal relationships. Um, As progressives, we've worked to change our denomination. Some of us have spent our careers doing this work. Uh, The UCC Church, United Church of Christ, has been on the front end of this work, serving as prophets of this. They've long ordained uh, GLBTQ folks. Presbyterians just recently got on board and changed their standards. It came at a cost, though. There was a major split. The Methodists are still fighting this battle. They're on the verge of a global split. I think they just have to split. They have to decide where do they stand on this issue of truth. They have to, they have to sacrifice the, uh, the, the cow then they need to and get on with their life as far as what does it mean to be faithful. Um, you know, other main, major mainline denominations have fought this battle, and they're still fighting it. You know, bless them. May they stand strong. Um, as progressives, we're adamant about our radical inclusion because we've rocked, we've walked the road of theological hard knocks. 
We've been told, as I said, we're heretics. I've been told we're splitting the church. And we have. Uh, just be honest. I've split the church. <laughs> but And since we were told that we're not Christians and blah, 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 you know, I just am kind of over that. As I said, I, I so am over it. I so believe strongly in what it means to be radically inclusive that I'm not about to compromise that for anybody or anything, you know, and this radical inclusivity, you know, it is not just for LGBTQI people, but it extends further. The radical inclusion is for people of all religions, and that's a huge sacred cow for me. Um, but I decided that's another podcast for another time. I want to talk about world religions. Um, but this is uh, sacred cow number two. I'm looking at my clock. I'm right at 28 minutes. So I'm going to end it here. This is enough for this podcast. I'll pick it up next week or the week after while I talk about sacred cow number three and maybe number four, but you're going to have to sign back in. I'm not going to tell you what those sacred cows are. You're going to have to sign back in and listen. All right. I'm trying to get the news out of uh, the Cowboy Jesus podcast. Please, if you like this podcast, let other people know about it. Send them the URL like this, even if you know people who might be offended by this podcast, I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm good. With, oh, I've offended people throughout my whole career. What's what? What are new people? I love it. I just want people to dive in. So if you can help me get the good news out about Cowboy Jesus, I'd appreciate it. You can also read my. <coughs> excuse me. You can read my blog, Cowboy Jesus, as well. <coughs> excuse me. It's on my Facebook. Cowboy Jesus is on uh, Dr. Steve Pooh Spence in my Facebook page, which, by the way, like my Facebook page. If you're a Facebook user, uh, go to my, and like my page. I try to um, daily or every other day post inspirational teachings that I have. I also uh, post blogs that I find interesting. You can find me on Twitter. At Steve Poos Benson, I try to post uh, at least once a day, if not every other day. Again, just kind of inspirational things. Uh, this podcast ends up on Twitter as well as my blog. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, again, Instagram, I try to post insta uh, inspirational things. Um, and get this, watch out. I am breaking into the world of TikTok. Thank goodness for my young staff people who are holding my hands as I break into the world of TikTok. Check out my website, stephenpoosbenson.com. All right. Let the rodeo of life and religion rock on. Take care. <laughs>